This is Cast Club Radio. Brought to you by Heritage Distilling. On Cast Club Radio, we believe every spirit has a story. And stories like good drinks are always better when shared with friends. Each week, we'll explore the intersection of cocktails, spirits, beer, wine, and life. It's Cast Club Radio. Here's your hosts, Lydia Cruz and Justin Stiefel. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Cast Club Radio, the final episode of 2019. Thanks so much for joining us today. My name's Lydia Cruz. And I'm Justin Stiefel. I'm Maura Dooley. Speaking of, New Year's Eve, just right around the corner, resolutions. It's about that time of year. People making uh, their promises to get healthier or to save money or just treat themselves better in 2019. We'll discuss more on New Year's resolutions here coming up a little bit later in the show, which resolutions are the most popular in Washington, for instance. But right now, let's just keep it local. How about you guys? Have you made any promises about about the new year? Uh, Mara, what you, what's on your list for resolutions coming up? Oh, man. Maybe I should revisit my resolution from year before last. I told I you guys it. I was going to go to more concerts, and I didn't. But there's one I want to go to in February. I told Lydia already, Atmosphere yes. at the Showbox in Soto. So I think I'm going to. I'm just going to go ahead and book that so that I know I start off my I'll New Year's resolution you. right. Thank you. Yeah, I'll be supportive of your New Year's resolution <laughs> while also selfishly benefiting yes. from it. So this is great. I think it's all right. You can totally re-up your resolution if... If you said, hey, maybe I didn't make as much progress, there's there's recycled resolutions. That's yeah. okay. Uh, this year, that's a really good one. I'd like to travel a little bit more, too. I think I've been, other than going to London to watch the Seahawks game, which was incredible, I've been a little conservative mm-hmm. on, the, on the traveling front because I can get mm-hmm. so caught up in work, and I love my job. So uh, that probably is mine on the New Year's resolution for, for Lydia Market, travel more. How about you, Justin? Well, in the past, you know, I've talked about going to more concerts. I did that uh, last year and this year. Um, This year coming up, um, I just joined the Orange Theory Club. Brand new opening in our community. It's very popular already. Literally, today's the first day open to the general public. And so my resolution is to try and get my uh, heart uh, condition down into the green zone. For those of you not familiar with Orange Theory, um, it, it's a program at the at this particular collection of gyms across the U.S., and it has to do with your heart rate and everything else. And it goes by color codes. Is you've got heart monitors, and while you're doing workouts, uh, you're either in the blue, green, uh, orange, or red, and the goal is to be in, in green. So I'll, I'm going to work on trying to get from orange to green. Awesome. And and from a business perspective, I'm going to focus on growing the business and opening even more heritage distilling locations in 2020 than we did this year. It's always good to have goals for both your personal life and your professional life. We should have said that at the beginning. But yeah, it's. I think sometimes we work too much, but it's also good to have those goals because all three of us really like our jobs and it's, it's meaningful when you can accomplish things in, in that department as well. Definitely. What's in the headlines this week? Well, uh, you know, people talk about sometimes when they get sick, they would their mom or dad would give them a shot of whiskey or a, a shot of vodka with some cough syrup or whatever. Here we have from awesomejelly.com. Uh, this article is entitled, Wine Kills Germs That Cause Sore Throats and Dental Plaque, according to a study. As if we needed another reason to pour another glass, <laughs> wine is, uh, for many people, it's one of the best creations to ever grace uh, the planet Earth. But did you know it could prevent sickness too, according to a study... And uh, the study was done originally back in 1998. It examined the antibacterial properties of carbonated drinks, 
wine, beer, skim milk, and water, and each beverage was infused with infectious bacteria like salmonella or E. coli or shigella. After two days, the wine had the least amount of live bacteria, meaning bacteria has a hard time surviving when coming in contact with wine. Now, I'm going to break from the story here and say, look, they're comparing soft drinks to wine, to beer, to skim milk, to water. Beer, you know, 3 4 5% alcohol. Uh, everything else has no alcohol. Wine, usually 12 to 15% alcohol. The study did not include spirits because spirits will kill all that stuff as well. The study was published in the Journal of Agricultural and Food Chemistry. They discovered that the acidity and alcohol concentration of wine isn't what's responsible for the antibacterial properties, as they previously thought. Instead, it was due to the number of organic compounds found in both red and white wine. So uh, if you've got a sore throat um, or concern about dental plaque, according to the study, uh, some wine can help effectuate uh, reducing the risk of getting sick from those things, according to this study. I'm yes. all for studies that tell me the, the good, the benefits of drinking wine. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Uh, next up, this is from NewScientist.com, and it's entitled, Does Tapping a Beer Prevent It from Foaming? Scientists find out. So, you know, you've, you've seen this the tailgates and parties and whatever where someone's concerned that the can uh, has been shaken, and so they tap on the can to, so it doesn't fizz when they open it. So uh, researchers carried out a randomized trial to find out, does that actually work? And what they did was they went to the folks um, at Carlsberg over in uh, Europe. Uh, Carlsberg is a big beer maker. They got a 1,000 cans of Carlsberg beer. Half the cans were put on a mechanical shaker for two minutes with a level of vigor intended to stimulate being transported on a bicycle. Half the cans in the shaken and unshaken groups were tapped by flicking them on the side three times each. The testers who opened the cans didn't know whether they had been shaken or tapped. The cans were weighed before and after to measure how much beer escaped. The shaking cans lost on average 3.4 grams of beer compared to half a gram for the unshaking cans. However, tapping the can didn't make a significant difference in how much beer was lost. So uh, the bottom line of this is that the people who I, I've done this at parties, I'm sure you guys have done this at parties or tailgates, I think it works. Uh, but according to the study, they don't think they didn't find enough statistically valid evidence to say that tapping the beer will stop it from foaming over. I used to do that to sodas when I was younger, too, because, yeah, it is mm -hmm. a, kind of an Tap urban legend, apparently. And lastly, Baltimore Sun uh, online, or the favorite newspaper in downtown Baltimore, Ravens quarterback Marcus Peters is fined for a celebratory beer in the <laughs> win versus Bills, <clears throat> and Bud Light offered to pick up the tab. So Marcus Peters, when the Ravens were playing against the Bills, and they won that game to celebrate a deflection from the Bills quarterback, Josh Allen, with about a minute left, uh, he celebrated, Mar Marcus Peters did, with cheering fans in the first row of the seats at New Era Field. The win clinched a playoff berth for the Ravens, and uh, but because he enjoyed himself with beer while he was in there, the NFL fined him $14,037, which is an odd fine amount. I don't know why it's such an odd amount. And then Bud Light found out about it, and so they tweeted on Instagram, we're going to match the tab by donating $14,000 to a charity in Peter's name. Uh, Peter's is a penny-free agent. He has three interceptions, two of which he returned for touchdowns and nine passes defended in eight games with the Ravens this year. I didn't see this. Uh, did you guys actually see this? I did. I saw the video online <clears throat> after. Um, it's Marcus Peters is known for uh, being a little bit of a rule bender, so it's not that yes. surprising. But 
The cool thing is that I believe the NFL uh, fines go to charity as well. So a lot of money getting raised for charity all around now that Bud Light decided to match it. It's, it's just an odd amount, $14,037. It's just a weird amount. All of their fines are like that. Mm-hmm. I'm, I feel like I heard an explanation once, but I can't remember exactly why that is. Yeah. It's strange. Well, cheers. Coming up on Cast Club Radio, it is the final show of 2019, 2020, right around the corner. And what are the most popular New Year's resolutions for not not only people across the U.S., but for people right here in the state of Washington? The answer might surprise you. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. We've been chatting New Year's resolutions. It's popular this time of year to make your goals for 2020. And this pretty cool study by Vitagen.com we found took a look at the most popular New Year's resolutions in every U.S. state. It's kind of interesting. We've done these studies before, talked about them, where it's just interesting to watch or look at people's preferences across different states. So we'll dig into some here. Maybe we should start with Washington, right? Since that is where we're from, although we have great listeners from all over the country and even outside of it, the most popular 2019 New Year's resolutions in the state of Washington is, did you guys have any guesses before you saw this? If you hadn't seen it, what would you guess? Grow a beard. (laughs) Uh, Maybe too many people already have one here, though, so maybe that's not on their checklist. I would have imagined I would have gone with something cliche like live healthier, mm-hmm. maybe recycle more, uh, something stereotypically Pacific <laughs> Northwest, I would assume. But while that is the common resolution for many states, actually here in Washington, the number one resolution is to save money. Huh. Well, that makes sense when you think about the cost of living, how <laughs> yeah. fast it's gone up here, housing and all the new taxes, legislatures thrown on everybody, $27 billion last year alone in, in new taxes in Washington. So... And people have to spend so much time on the road driving to get from where they live to where they work or go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes sense. Yes. Just some interesting states that they have this in common with. It's also the most popular resolution in Indiana, Maine. Let's see. It's North Carolina. And then some states in the South, Louisiana, Alabama. Yeah. See, I would... Because I thought of your reasoning too, Justin, that it's so expensive here. That's why you want to save money. But the other states aren't really some of the, what you would think were the top most expensive states Mm -hmm. that have that as their resolution too. The one that sticks out is Minnesota, which is to uh, better self-care products. That's an odd uh, resolution. Yeah. Uh, Again, most of the, the two most common ones are to exercise, to get in shape. We could have, we could have you know, Mm -hmm. probably predicted that. But they split it up between some people want to diet to do it and some people want to exercise. Exercise. Very specific. So eating healthier and then working out the two main things separating that right there. Although there is an option too that it's just get healthier in general. That's the the objective in states like Massachusetts. And South Carolina was an outlier. Uh, the, The top resolution in South Carolina was to get a new job or a better job. And no other state had that. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. So the methodology behind this, they conducted a survey of just about 1,500 Americans across every state and Washington, D.C., asking for them. So that's where the the, the numbers come from. In the past, we've seen these studies where they do it based on like the Google search or what people are searching for most around this Mm -hmm. time of year. 
But uh, yeah, far and away, not the not that surprising that exercise is, the, is at the top of this. They also looked at which states are the best and worst at keeping their New Year's resolutions. Now, before we get into this, how good are you guys at keeping your own? Do you make the like good old college try, the two week, the four week, the? <laughs> well, so uh, last year I resolved to go to more concerts. I did that. Uh, so I feel like I got 100% last year. Okay, perfect. So you were 12 months long on that one. Yeah. Um, I would say, I can't even remember what mine was last year. But, so that probably means I failed at it. <laughs> In the past, I've been sort of, I've been guilty of the the newness factor mm-hmm. and the recency bias. Oh, this is really fun because it's happening in January and I it, it's difficult to keep with it all year round. Probably won't shock you. Washington actually not on either of those lists. It's not in the best or the worst at keeping resolutions category. Can you guess what the best state in the United States at keeping resolutions is? I would have thought it had been a, like a high energy state like uh, Arizona where people are active and mm-hmm. or Colorado act, act, getting out there and doing things. Yeah. Maybe with yeah some nice weather to boot because if you're making those resolutions to get healthier, exercise more. It helps maybe if you're in a sunnier place. It's actually South Dakota. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. 37.5% well, of, of, of people keep the resolution. All that time in the winter, you know, they can really focus indoors <laughs> on whatever the resolution is. Yeah. I mean, Alaska and Minnesota are right behind them. So the cold weather place is doing pretty well at yeah. keeping resolutions. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they adjust their resolutions because of their extreme conditions. <laughs> Who knows? But actually, Justin, really interesting because the top, state on the worst list is New Mexico. One of those states that you might have put it on is the high energy ones. Can't can't explain that. No yeah. idea why that is. 4. Maybe they don't make 5. resolutions, so there's nothing to break. There you, there you go. Some other uh, states on the worst list, Tennessee, Indiana, Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas, Virginia, Texas, Hawaii, come on, <laughs> Hawaii and yeah. Connecticut. Well, can't can't explain Hawaii either. Can't explain well, Hawaii. Visit, they tell you there's place. like yeah, I was gonna say they tell you there's like Hawaii time. They just yeah. get stuff done when they get stuff done. So I could see where maybe right. resolutions <laughs> island time. time. Yeah. <laughs> Carry that into next year. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. So they also had another graphic on here just to to, to sum things up and uh, America's New Year's resolution picture. The top five New Year's resolutions nationwide. Exercise to get in shape, number one. Diet to lose weight, number two. Save money, number three. That's where Washington lands. Eat healthier in general. And then something for self-care, rounding out the top five, 5% of Americans. Do you guys... Uh, Ours don't really specifically fall into any of those. But in the past, if you had to take all your cumulative New Year's resolutions, which one really is is you? Well, uh, that whole list is something I'm going to focus on this year. So I'm going to do all of them. Good. Okay. And to spin that forward, Justin, too, you have a unique perspective as a business owner owning Heritage Distilling. What's that like in January when customers have a different perspective or or a different outlook when they're looking for maybe healthier options? Well, we've talked about this in the past shows, <clears throat> especially last this last January and previous years, this concept of January, where people, uh, after the holidays, they take 
um, January with no alcohol consumption or, at all to try and kind of dry out or because it's a resolution to consume less or have less carbs or calories or sugars or whatever it is. So you see that impact somewhat. I don't get the sense that that's going to be as popular this year because I don't get the sense that the consumption level, just kind of what I'm seeing and hearing among folks, the consumption level this year, this December, is nowhere near as high on an average personal level uh, as what you might have seen in previous years. I don't know why that is. Hmm. Um, but that we've always talked about how by the time February rolls around, middle of February, Valentine's Day, people have broken those resolutions. They're having chocolate. They're going out to uh, nice meals with their loved ones. And uh, you begin to see the resolutions break down. And, and after February, you start to see the beer, wine, and spirit sales kind of take back up. Of course, around Super Bowl time in February, beer mm-hmm. sales, it's one of the most popular, uh, it's one of the best uh, sales times uh, for beer uh, in the country. Or hard seltzer uh, sales, as we've seen those over the past year. year. Uh, It's interesting, too, because they took a look at how long can people keep a resolution? What's the average length of time? Now, the one month or less category, that's usually about 36.6% of people. And then six months or less, that's where you see a lot of people drop off. And that's kind of what you're mentioning, Justin. It's that turnaround, well, after the Super Bowl, but maybe even the start of summer. I think is like really when, you know, things change. Yeah, I think so. Especially if you've got a family and, and you're in school and you've got these, these cycles that happen and uh, Easter time around here, April is when the flowers begin to come out and, and the light comes out and you spring ahead with daylight savings time and getting ready for school to be finished in May or June. And, and you've, completely forgotten about December and any resolutions you made in January. So the season's here. We live in a place of the four seasons, and and the past seasons are soon forgotten. Absolutely. If uh, you have a New Year's resolution that uh, you want to let us know about, we always love to hear from you. You can email us at castclubradio at heritagedistilling.com or contact us anywhere. We'd love to hear from you on that. Up next on Cast Club Radio, we're joined by one of our favorites, Daniel Cartes from Rustic Joyful Food. It's next on Cast Club Radio. Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. We've been chatting New Year's resolutions popular this time of year to make your goals for 2020. And this pretty cool study by Vitagen.com we found took a look at the most popular New Year's resolutions in every U.S. state. It's kind of interesting. We've done these studies before, talked about them, where it's just interesting to watch or look at people's preferences across different states. So we'll dig into some here. Maybe we should start with Washington, right? Since that is where we're from, although we have great listeners from all over the country and even outside of it, the most popular 2019 New Year's resolutions in the state of Washington is, did you guys have any guesses before you saw this? If you hadn't seen it, what would you guess? Grow a beard. (laughs) Uh, Maybe too many people already have one here, though, so maybe that's not on their checklist. I would have imagined I would have gone with something cliche like live healthier, Mm -hmm. maybe recycle more, uh, something stereotypically Pacific (laughs) Northwest, I would assume. But while that is the common resolution for many states, actually here in Washington, the number one resolution is to save money. Well, 
That makes sense when you think about the cost of living, how <laughs> yeah. fast it's gone up here, housing and all the new taxes, legislatures thrown on everybody, $27 billion last year alone in, in new taxes in Washington. So, And people have to spend so much time on the road driving to get from where they live to where they work or go to school. Mm-hmm. Uh, that makes sense. Yes. Just some interesting states that they have this in common with. It's also the most popular resolution in Indiana, Maine. Let's see. It's North Carolina. And then some states in the South, Louisiana, Alabama. Yeah. See, I would, because I thought of your reasoning too, Justin, that it's so expensive here. That's why you want to save money. But the other states aren't really some of the, what you would think were the top most expensive states Mm -hmm. that have that as their resolution too. The one that sticks out is Minnesota, which is to uh, better self-care products. That's an odd uh, resolution. Yeah. Uh, Again, most of the, the two most common ones are to exercise, to get in shape. We could have, we could have. You know, mm-hmm. probably predicted that. But they split it up between exactly. some people want a diet to do it and some people want to exercise. To exercise. Very specific. So eating healthier and then working out the two main things separating that right there. Although there is an option, too, that it's just get healthier in general. That's the the objective in states like Massachusetts. But and South Carolina was an outlier. Uh, the, the top resolution in South Carolina was to get a new job or a better job. And no other state had that. Yeah. Yeah, really interesting. So the methodology behind this, they conducted a survey of just about 1,500 Americans across every state and Washington, D.C., asking for them. So that's where the the, the numbers come from. In the past, we've seen these studies where they do it based on like the Google search or what people are searching for most around this mm-hmm. time of year. But uh, yeah, far and away, not the not that surprising that exercise is, is at the top of this. They also looked at which states are the best and worst at keeping their New Year's resolutions. Now, before we get into this, how good are you guys at keeping your own? Do you make the like good old college try, the two week, the four <clears throat> week, the? <laughs> well, so uh, last year I resolved to go to more concerts. I did that. Uh, so I feel like I got 100% last year. Okay, perfect. So you were 12 months long on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I would say, I can't even remember what mine was last year. But, so that probably means I failed at it. <laughs> In the past, I've been sort of, I've been guilty of the the newness factor mm-hmm. and the recency bias. Oh, this is really fun because it's happening in January and I it, it's difficult to keep with it all year round. Probably won't shock you. Washington actually not on either of those lists. It's not in the best or the worst at keeping resolutions category. Can you guess what the best state in the United States at keeping resolutions is? I would have thought it had been a, like a high-energy state like uh, Arizona where people are active and mm-hmm. or Colorado act, act, getting out there and doing things. Yeah, maybe with yeah some nice weather to boot because if you're making those resolutions to – Get healthier, exercise more. It helps maybe if you're in a sunnier place. It's actually South Dakota. Hmm. Yeah. Hmm. 37.5% well, of, of, of people keep their resolution. All that time in the winter, you know, they can really focus indoors <laughs> on whatever the resolution is. Yeah, I mean, Alaska and Minnesota are right behind them. So the cold weather place is doing pretty well at yeah. keeping resolutions. Maybe they, yeah, maybe they adjust their resolutions because of their extreme conditions. <laughs> Who knows? But actually, Justin, really interesting because the top, state on the worst list is New Mexico. One of those states that you might have put it on is the high energy ones. Can't can't explain that. No yeah. idea why that is. 4. Maybe they don't make 5. resolutions, so there's nothing to break. There you, there you go. Some other uh, states on the worst list, Tennessee, Indiana, 
Colorado, Nebraska, Kansas, Virginia, Texas, Hawaii. Come on. <laughs> Hawaii and yeah. Connecticut. Well, can't, can't explain Hawaii either. Can't explain well, when you go visit, they tell you there's place. like, yeah, I was going to say, they tell you there's like Hawaii time. They just yeah. get stuff done when they get stuff done. So I could see where maybe right. resolutions. Island, island time. time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Carry that into next year. Yeah. Uh, that's amazing. So they also had another graphic on here just to, to, to sum things up. And uh, America's New Year's resolution picture, the top five New Year's resolutions nationwide. Exercise to get in shape, number one. Diet to lose weight, number two. Save money, number three. That's where Washington lands. Eat healthier in general. And then something for self-care, rounding out the top five, 5% of Americans. Do you guys... Uh, Ours don't really specifically fall into any of those. But in the past, if you had to take all your cumulative New Year's resolutions, which one really is is you? Well, uh, that whole list is something I'm going to focus on this year. So I'm going to do all of them. Good. Okay. And to spin that forward, Justin, too, you have a unique perspective as a business owner owning Heritage Distilling. What's that like in January when customers have a different perspective or or a different outlook when they're looking for maybe healthier options? Well, we've talked about this in the past shows, <clears throat> especially last this last January and previous years, this concept of January, where people, uh, after the holidays, they take um, January with no alcohol consumption or, at all to try and kind of dry out or because it's a resolution to consume less or have less carbs or calories or sugars or whatever it is. So you see that impact somewhat. I don't get the sense that that's going to be as popular this year because I don't get the sense that the consumption level, just kind of what I'm seeing and hearing among folks, the consumption level this year, this December, is nowhere near as high on an average personal level uh, as what you might have seen in previous years. I don't know why that is. Hmm. Um, but that we've always talked about how by the time February rolls around, middle of February, Valentine's Day, people have broken those resolutions. They're having chocolate. They're going out to uh, nice meals with their loved ones. And uh, you begin to see the resolutions break down. And, and after February, you start to see the beer, wine, and spirit sales kind of take back up. Of course, around Super Bowl time in February, beer mm-hmm. sales, it's one of the most popular, uh, it's one of the best uh, sales times uh, for beer uh, in the country. Or hard seltzer uh, sales, as we've seen those for the past year. year. Uh, It's interesting, too, because they took a look at how long can people keep a resolution? What's the average length of time? Now, the one month or less category, that's usually about 36.6% of people. And then six months or less, that's where you see a lot of people drop off. And that's kind of what you're mentioning, Justin. It's that turnaround, well, after the Super Bowl, but maybe even the start of summer. I think is like really when, you know, things change. <clears throat> yeah, I think so. Especially if you've got a family and, and you're in school and you've got these, these cycles that happen and uh, Easter time around here, April's when the flowers begin to come out and, and the light comes out and you spring ahead with daylight savings time and you're getting ready for school to be finished in May or June and, and you've, completely forgotten about December and any resolutions you made in January. So the season's here. We live in a place of the four seasons and and the past seasons are soon forgotten. Absolutely. If uh, you have a New Year's resolution that uh, you want to let us know about, we always love to hear from you. You can email us at castclubradio at heritagedistilling.com or contact us anywhere. We'd love to hear from you on that. Up next on Cast Club Radio, we're joined by one of our favorites, Daniel Cartes from Rustic Joyful Food. It's next on Cast Club Radio.
Welcome back to Cast Club Radio. Right now, I'm joined by Daniel Cardis, the incredible mind behind Rustic Joyful Food, a wonderful website that should be in your bookmarks if it's not already. Also, author several times over, uh, great cookbooks (laughs) that you can add to your collection. It's so good to talk to you again, Danielle. How are you? Oh, I'm so good. It's so good to be back with you guys. You're so generous with your compliments. I was like, oh, this is. <laughs> I mean, it's all true. So, it's, <laughs> oh, yeah. And we get to talk to you because of an incredible post. Well, we'd love to talk to you anytime, but an incredible post you had yeah. on your blog about the best Christmas cookies and cocktails in partnership with Heritage Distilling. Now, it is a few days after Christmas, but that's okay because we're still all in that holiday spirit. Oh, New Year's Eve's I feel coming like the ho- up. Yes. Yeah, 100%. so the holidays. Uh, sorry, I'm like a talker over. I just no, really you're excited. Go for it. That's not even a proper term. I'm a talker over. <laughs> um, yes, the blog is so fun, and I mean, it's still the holidays until the, you know the clock strikes midnight on January 1st. Uh, but I still even think that first week we're all kind of off work and in that dazed holiday feeling. We got our Christmas stuff done, and we're still finishing Christmas cookies and cocktails. So I think it's still perfectly fine and then you can just tuck them into your memory bank because they're fun winter cocktails anyways and then christmas cookies i feel like a christmas cookie is just a year-round cookie anyways <laughs> uh, i totally agree you don't need the excuse of it being december to eat them and i wanted to oh, ask yeah. you before we even get into them great story or a little a little behind the scenes on your blog too about why yes. cookies are so special to you and it has to do with yeah. your relationship with your dad and his relationship with his grandma right Yes. And, you know, it was really special. My dad um, had a rough childhood, and he, I felt like he always knew that his grandma Mac loved him by the things that she made him. And to this day, he'll still talk about, like, these pumpkin cookies or something he got when he was deployed. And, you know, I think that it just kind of harkens back to how special food is and our food memories. And, um and it's neat to know that those little things impacted him so well because his grandma Mac loved him so well and would send the cookies away. It's just my way of loving people now. When I think of a Christmas cookie or a frosted sugar cookie, I immediately think of my dad. And beyond that, I think of the care that my grandma Mac had for him. And I know it's because of her in large part and her love and dedication to my father that he is the most incredible man that I think I've ever known today. So a Christmas cookie seems sort of like, oh, it's silly and it's fun, but it really, those frosted sugar cookies are just such a reminder of my dad. I love that story. That's a lot of the memories that I have too around the holidays. And you hear it from parents or you hear it from relatives so much about the gifts that they really want are the ones that you can't buy in a store a lot of times or the things that you make. And this is one, these recipes are, you know, easy to make, they're affordable. And then they really do come from the heart in the, in that sense because e, a you could either bake them together and do this together yeah or yeah. or b it just lets you know that, that this person put in time and effort and was thinking about you through the entire process which i think is cool so yeah 100 percent. so, so let's know, it's t- so cool too oh yeah go, oh, go no, no, no 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 you go go for it let's, i was just thinking about christmas and um and you know we were really thinking about what to get our boys and we always want to like top last year and do something really cool <laughs> and and this year i told my husband i said you know what is so cool about christmas i don't i think that there was a handful of times in my life i remember the gifts that i got and they were very yeah. special like i got this hootie and the blowfish cd when i was like 15 <laughs> i felt so cool and I, you know i got a bike <laughs> once when we were super poor and it was just so cool and yeah. um and then I just thought, you know, it's really not, I can 
take off the top of my head some fun gifts that I received. But the really special part about the holidays was always waking up at a certain time. We would all file downstairs. Um, and, you know, it, we go downstairs at my mom's house now, but growing up, we didn't have stairs. So, you know, my mom was probably <laughs> listening. She's like, stairs. <laughs> so now she has stairs. We still stay the night. Uh, but I digress. So, you know, we would come downstairs and it was the traditions, I think, that really still stick with me today as a grown woman and a mother and a wife. And, and so I was telling my husband, I said, it's really not about the things that we're giving our boys. It's the experience that we're giving them and the hot cocoa. And my mom always would like open the Bible up and read the story of, you know, mm-hmm. Jesus' birth. And we, as kids, we were like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> but now we're like, hurry up. But now I'm thinking it's so special to just create that sort of tradition and you don't need anything extravagant but to know that those special things are coming so this year we really tried to focus on the experience and waking up on Christmas morning and Christmas Eve and what it's all about and I think that it will start to change for our family like to be even more special Um, because you're you know you're always trying to create these great things for your kids but sometimes it's not it's just a tradition that's so special that he'll recall when that they'll recall when they're older so I would throw that in. <laughs> that's no, that's so true. And food yeah. and drinks are a huge part of creating those traditions. Yeah. Which is a good segue to these incredible recipes that you have. You had four cocktail recipes and five cookie yes. recipes and there's something for everybody on this list. Oh, a hundred percent. What is your favorite? I know that's like picking between kids now, but but oh, what it is, is. but you know secretly every mom has a favorite. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we will never we will take it with us to the grave, but every mom does. I mean, I think you have a favorite too for different seasons in life, but True. um I my favorite would probably have to be the gin and apple sparkler mm, yeah. because it's so simple it's it's almost shockingly simple and you're thinking hmm sparkling apple, apple cider spiked with a little bit of gym, gin excuse me and a squeeze of lemon I think that that one was a lot of fun I also loved the pomegranate buck I think that's so so it's just classic and a lot of people don't know that a mule is also ref, um, referred to as a buck for a type of cocktail yeah. um so that's kind of a fun one. And I love the little pomegranate seeds in the cocktail. So, so those pretty. two are going to have to be my very favorite. But then I I can't leave the homemade Irish cream out in the cold because it's shocking how simple it is and what a fun gift. And, I mean, it's wintertime, so let's just drink the homemade Irish cream mm-hmm. until spring. <laughs> no, why not? Again, the, the, the talking about those homemade gifts, the things that really mean a lot, it, that's a simple yeah. recipe for you. And I also... Just a shout out to having a, a good twist on the French 75 on here. Mora and I always talk about how much yes. we love French 75s. And you were able to use the blood orange vodka of Heritage Distilling yep. and just really put a cool twist on that. Oh, yeah. And a French 75 is one of my very favorite cocktails. Every time I'm out, I will always order it. And so I'm always trying to make a fun, sort of different variation. Because I think if you add champagne or Prosecco to any cocktail, it's just a winner in my book and then it's so it just sounds so elegant like oh a french 75 mm-hmm. like you know i'm a total francophile so i i love i love anything that has to do with anything french well and we're not doing it justice by just describing the pictures you have on your blog are beautiful so people should log on to rustic joyful food and and check these out they go along well yes. and and you and you paired them so well even in the photos with the cookie recipes that you have on here 
Thank you. And I feel like cookies, first of all, are just timeless. And you throw some cocktails in there, and then now you're cooking. You're like, oh, I have something to pique my interest. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you've got these gorgeous cocktails. And like I said, those these cookie recipes are great for all year round. And I really messed with that peanut butter cookie recipe yeah. for many, you know, many, many, many test recipes. And nobody in my family was complaining. And they really <laughs> turned out so good. So even if you don't want to this little chocolate kiss in there you can just make a straight up regular peanut butter cookie and they're fantastic i love it and then of course just as we started the conversation there's the vanilla bean sugar cookies on here which is uh, yes. a classic this time of year and you can get really creative with it which i love yes i agree and you know what i'm not a decorator um believe it or not i just am not i don't have the patience for the tiny piping <laughs> and i love using the star cookie cutter because yeah. Then you're swiping white icing on, white cream cheese icing, and it's just messy and fun, a little gold sugar, and it looks so rustically, perfectly imperfect. And so I feel like that's a great way for people who are not super, you know, meticulous in the decorating department, i.e. me, um, <laughs> to get a really pretty cookie. Well, yes, because at the end of the day, too, you shouldn't be stressing yourself out with the decorating. <laughs> that's right. not what we're about here. We're about Yay. having fun. Uh, with food and drink as well. So, Yay. Danielle, thank you so much for taking the time to to join us again. We always love hearing from you. And what's going on right now with you? Because you're so busy. Oh, my gosh. It's so, so great. So many things. Yes, it's going wonderful. You know, we released uh, the second edition of My Heart's Table in September. And we've been doing a book tour for that. We teamed up with Room and Board. Um, and, you know, it's just been such a neat a neat thing to see other people find value in that self-published work that's now been picked up by a publisher. Um, and it's so cool to see it have a new life again. And so, you know, our second book, second edition comes out in January. And then we have our third book coming here oh. just shortly in April. It's called Meant to Share. And that one's all about the community and food. And again, my husband and I, we write everything, we photograph everything. So, cool. so they're really just this labor of love. And then their memoir style, I talk completely from my heart throughout every book. Lots of fun, heartwarming stories, funny stories. Um, and so I just, I, every time somebody, you know, sends me a little message and says, I got your book, I'm just, I'm so touched. And I, I really appreciate every single book in everybody's hands. And we got into children's as well. Um, wow. Source Kids is fantastic. They've taken us on and we've got seven kids books coming out oh in goodness. 2020 starting in April. So We've been busy. Oh, my goodness. That is so exciting. Well, we'll keep yes. on the lookout for all these new ventures. And, uh, yes. man, congratulations. <laughs> so well-deserved. And we'll make sure, you. you know, it is technically after Christmas, but these are always gifts that you could think about picking up for people. Wonderful. Good for self-care, too. I love to tuck into a cookbook and read the stories. I think yes. that's probably my favorite pastime. Like, I put a comfy sweater on and I, you know, make my... So after my kids go to sleep, um, and then I tuck in and sort of, you know, get a little reading in. So they're, they're definitely fun for everyone. I love it. Danielle, thank you so much for joining us. And really quickly, where can people go to, to find your books? You know, uh, everywhere books are sold online, so Barnes & Noble, Amazon, Target stores, um, and then in stores as well. The first book you'll see, find at Walmart and Kroger starting um, here, launched on the 18th of December. Um, so basically everywhere, which is such a neat thing. Um, and then online as well. You just punch it in, Rustic Joyful Food, My Heart's Table, or you can, you know, hit my name, Danielle Cardis, and everything sort of comes up. Or books by Danielle Cardis, all that kind of stuff. Perfect. Danielle, thank you again, yes. and have an incredible new year. 
Thank you. You too. Thanks so much, guys. Coming up next, we'll talk more about what Heritage Distilling is looking to do in 2020, and we'll leave you with a festive cocktail to ring in the new year. That's next on Cast Club Radio. Club Radio once again. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today, for joining us. And it's been a fun year uh, having you along here for 2019. This year, we've all grown a lot, I think. And Justin, Heritage Distilling's also grown and accomplished a lot. We have. You know, we won lots of awards. We, uh, we signed a national distribution deal for BSB, Brown Sugar Bourbon. It's in all 50 states now. Last December, we didn't even think that was going to be possible, and we ended up negotiating a national deal in February, so things happened very quickly. We um, ramped up. We have a big sales team now nationally. We've got 26 people across the country on, on the sales side and working on new projects here in the Northwest and a couple projects that uh, were recently announced, like a big one in Florida. So we're, we're growing, and if you would have asked me last December at this time if any of those things would have been on the radar, not a single one of them because they were all opportunities that came to us that were unanticipated. That's cool that, yeah, and you can also, you can dream big and also just keep keep your eyes and those open for those opportunities along the way. That's pretty darn cool. But one, one major goal that you have for Heritage in 2020? Well, I mentioned it earlier in the show, and that is uh, grow the business, uh, continue to bring people onto the team who are really good at what they do and, and just good people in general continue to partner with really good partners and then focus on on new opportunities and new locations where we can begin to open up uh, and share with people around the country uh, what we do at Heritage Distilling. Whenever I tell people that I work on this show, they always tell me, like, they're everywhere. I see them everywhere I go. And then, you know, we talked to Enchant, um, you know, Jordan Birch from Enchant and just about the partnership you have there. You're in the Rangers ballpark. You're, you know, at their event in uh, Tampa, I believe, as well. It's just, it's impressive to see what you guys have done. Well, you've got to be aggressive if you want to achieve goals. You have to have a target to aim at. I tell my team that all the time. If you go to the shooting range and you just kind of randomly aim your gun or bow and arrow or or, um, slingshot around, you're never going to hit anything. So you have to have a target. You have to acquire the target, and then you have to aim and figure out how you're going to hit that target. And it's the same thing in school, same thing in family, same thing in community, same thing in business. And the biggest thing in business is to make sure that the team you assemble around you is bought into the vision and that you treat them with respect and that you empower them to go do their job and that you treat them in such a way that they uh, can themselves go off and do great things, but that you treat them so well that they never want to leave. And if you can build a culture like that, then really people come to you with opportunities. And the key is to be ready to accept the opportunity. And we've tried to build the foundation of the company so that as opportunities come to us, we can evaluate them and say and, and take on the ones that, that make sense for us. It's not about luck. It's about preparing yourself for when the opportunities come to you. Absolutely. An extension of that culture, too, is the opportunity to create this podcast and that we all three have had to share Saturdays together and talk about cocktails, talk about heritage, and, you know, more importantly, just the people behind all those things telling their stories. It's been a really fun experience. 
It has, and uh, <clears throat> this is the last show for Cast Club Radio uh, on the radio, and uh, but we are going to continue it uh, as a podcast, and so we'll be alerting people through the Cast Club social media uh, outlets on um, details of the podcast, and we're going to alter the format a little bit, uh, but you know, the last two and a half years of you, uh, Lydia and Maura, have been amazing and mm-hmm. great partners and consummate professionals, and um, at least in the Seattle market, you are the next generation of radio talent who I think people are going to uh, enjoy listening to for decades to come as long as you stick stick in the business. Oh, that's so nice, Justin. So yeah, we've loved working with you, working yes. with Jennifer and the whole crew. And Thanks. yeah, exactly. Consider this. I've learned so much over the past two and a half oh years my gosh, yeah. and uh, built some great relationships because of this. So, so grateful to all of the listeners out there on Cast Club Radio and have uh, been with the venture or joined along the way. We really appreciate you. And yes, please stick with the venture as it, it just moves on into a new format. But before we get out of here today, we're going to, of course, as we do always, at least give you another cocktail. This one, pretty good one for the wrapping up the end of the year for a celebratory New Year's Eve cocktail, perhaps. That's right. The last uh, last cocktail of 2019. We call it the Palm Fizz, as in pomegranate. This requires one and a half ounces of our heritage distilling pomegranate flavored vodka. You can get that at any of our tasting rooms. Three ounces of passion tea and uh, some Prosecco. Or uh, if you want some Italian wine, maybe some uh, Spumante or maybe some champagne. Uh, what you want to do is add the vodka and the tea in a Collins glass to some ice, top it off with Prosecco and garnish it with rosemary or some other kind of bright green item and uh, enjoy yourself a palm fizz. I love it. Good cocktail to cheers with somebody this New Year's Eve. We'll make sure that's available for you at heritagedistilling.com. You can also check out past recipes and past episodes of Cast Club Radio right there. That's right. And again, keep emailing us, castclubradio at heritagedistilling.com. And don't forget to follow Cast Club Radio on all the social media outlets, including uh, Facebook and Instagram. And remember, we're also using on Instagram the hashtag DrinkingBSB. And that thing is growing uh, in a very good, organic, sustainable way. We appreciate that. Awesome. Well, from all of us here at Cast Club Radio... Myself, Lydia, Mora, Justin, thank you again so much for listening. We hope you have had as much fun as we have. And we hope that 2019 was great for you, but 2020 is even better. You can only celebrate 2020 if you're around to do it. So whatever you do this New Year's Eve, don't drink and drive. Absolutely. Be safe. Celebrate with your loved ones uh, in a safe and fun manner. And we'll see you next time. Well, at least, you know, in a different iteration. So thanks thanks so much for a, a great time here at Cask Club Radio. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling. Check us out on MyNorthwest.com to learn more and catch up on past episodes. Cask Club Radio, brought to you by Heritage Distilling.